You're listening to Extra Textual. This is a show where we talk about an idea, concept, theme, trend, and relate it to some kind of media like film, TV, video games, books, music, and hopefully discover something about ourselves or our culture along the way. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the show. This is Eli Steenlidge, and with me is... Jeremy Holiday. And on this episode, we're doing a little bit of like a post-Halloween wrap-up show. Horror mashup? I'm... Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I hear this is our 400th show, Eli. Is that, is that correct? 500? 500th? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's been a... Our 500th anniversary It's been episode. a long run. Yeah. yeah. We're making that up. Yeah. Yeah, that's not true. And we're not really sure how many we've done. A lot. Yeah. It's been a lot. More than more than some. Almost a couple years. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Uh, yeah. So we're talking a little bit more about animation. Yeah. This week we did our sort of streaming animation episode last. Mm-hmm. And there's been some even new animation, including Castlevania. Yes. Which we'll talk about. Yep. And we'll also um, talk about some other things that we've been watching. Just briefly give... A uh, little shout outs to different shows yeah. and um, talk around that. And happens to be a lot of them in, uh, involve dark things, maybe violent, uh, Halloween y type things. Maybe. So that's, that's a little bit of our theme this week. Yeah. And we'll talk about uh, all the things coming out, um, including, I think for me, Netflix uh, again is doing like a big push on. Their original content, of course, yeah. but that means around these different seasons of time, they released a bunch of like horror-related things. Mm-hmm. So uh, first, let's talk about Castlevania a little bit, because we did talk about the first season on this show, and we both mm-hmm. liked quite a bit. Yeah. And now we have the second season, which has twice as many episodes. Twice as many. Um, double the goodness. So I have not quite completed it, is a confession. Um, but I'm pretty far, almost done, and Jeremy has watched the whole thing. I have watched the whole thing. So, how did you feel about this second season? Well, um, I want to start with something positive because I really liked it. Yeah. Um, I I can say that I uh, really liked uh, how Dracula died. Okay. Um, spoiler: He spoiler, dies. I haven't seen that yet. Um, and I think that there's uh, the way I see it is like they start um, a main arc which involves. Dracula and his family in the very in the very first episode, mm-hmm. and then and that arc is culminated at the end of okay. season two. And it's how the season two starts, which I was surprised yeah. they did. They filled in more of that backstory yeah. with his human wife. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and there's like uh, other subplots. I mean, mm-hmm. I think they're very clearly subplots yeah. that happen in there, which I are fine. Mm-hmm. And like I'm, I. I it, they they branch out and there there's like world building and there's mm-hmm. other things going on in this world yeah and there are more vampires and other magical things and yada mm-hmm. yada it's fine <laughs> um, uh, I mean I think I would have been happy to have another have season two before episodes mm. and and just deal with that main arc um, yeah I felt like the side character humans working for Dracula yeah maybe was a little bit too much of the focus of this season yeah. Although interesting characters, we didn't get as much of sort of the main characters, the Belmont and... Um, yeah, and, and, and I do think, like, yeah. the, you know, uh, 
the you know, team Alucard um, mm-hmm. is is fun. I think like the yeah. stuff and like a lot of their banter is good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the the female vampire character, um, what's her name? Carmilla. Yeah, and she's she's a. We'll talk about her more in a second. But she, she's a really interesting counterpoint uh-huh. to like the the show and adds sort of levity, levity and perspective yeah. on what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, the like power of the uh, emotional power of this series mm-hmm. has to do with the uh, Dracula yeah. and his son. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, the the thing that the part that I like about it most is. Um, I'll just compare it to like in Clone Wars, where you get to see the this emperor mm-hmm. sort of evolve, and and you see his how his hand is in all these different pieces, and, yeah. and how his skill is sort of as a master manipulator at key points in the history of the Republic. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just a, a really fun way in which, like you know, at the beginning of the season two, you're like Dracula has a goal, gonna do this thing, it's not right. all the humans, horrible, terrible. Um, and then as it goes part of the way through and you see the, the machinations of his court, you realize, like, oh, like, he's sort of lost it, really. Lost control, yeah. He's, he's, an, he's, he's just, an old you know, in the end he's like, I don't know, whatever happens as long as we kill them all. <laughs> right. Um, you know, and, and there's some sort of world-building question where I'm like, do all the humans in the world live in Wallachia? Or what are we talking about? <laughs> it was, it's a smaller world back then, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but I'm also like, it, you know, it's fine. It's yeah, like, yeah. It's, the, it starts... <clears throat> You know, it, the genius comes from, like, a video game, which is a very small world, which is cool. <laughs> right. Um, and I think that the, all the pieces about, like, Dracula as a character is terribly interesting. Because mm-hmm. the story that you get, I mean, I, I think it's, is it the title of episode seven, which is For Love? It's either six or seven. Um, and you sort of mm-hmm. learn that, like, oh, like, he, you know, he's been alive for a thousand years, or, you know, or love, more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and we realize that he's just heartbroken. Yeah. And it's going to slaughter right. all humanity he's just mad about it, yeah. and rip its entrails all over the place for it, mm-hmm. which is just tender. <laughs> um, and, and, like, and that's the kind of story that, like, ultimately I like. And there are many times that I complain about family dramas. Like, why does everything mm-hmm. have to be about some sort of thing? And for Castlevania, it just works perfectly. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I have to spoil some of it for you, Eli, but yeah. there's like this rip-roaring battle that goes on finally with Alucard, you know, using his sword without his hands. It's <laughs> great. They, you know, corner and eventually they're, you know, he and Dracula are battling each other because they're mm-hmm. clearly, like, you know, like at one point, you know, like, Dracula's like, I am, you know, Vlad Dracula Tepish. I'm yeah. a thousand years old and I'm not playing with you people anymore right. Connor's a giant fireball that you know, <laughs> destroys them um, and then you know and then like he and Alucard smash each other around the castle because mm-hmm. uh, like it's clear that um, Trevor and uh, Saifa yeah. are like Getting like yeah, and, and, yeah. She, and she is she comes up she's awesome like she right. like pulls out like ice daggers and you know, like <laughs> clearly like you know is like Alucard yeah, her yeah. and then like you know and like then... Trevor has a few tricks up his sleeve right. um, in the hierarchy of things um, they battle through the castle and like they smash each other and stumble into like Trevor's childhood room. Mm. And Dracula realizes that like his son was the greatest joy in his life, <laughs> you know. And and as they're fighting, like the minute it's also from the game too, but the minute um, like they're doing the final showdown, like Dracula's eyes turn red and the the moon turns mm. blood red and everything turns blood red, which mm. is cool. But like you know, his, his rage fades and the moon lightens whenever he encounters um, Alucard's room, yeah. um, and he just sort of like 
let's Alucard kill him, mm. you know, because he had just become, um, you know, and, 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 and like I, he's he's also not like you may kill me because I'm, you know, like he, I mean, he he reaches a point of despair. He realizes that, you know, like there's a loss in his life that mm-hmm. can't that can can't that, that can't yeah. be fixed. Yeah. Um. That in that he's become something terrible because mm-hmm. you know I mean and and what I like is that. Like all of his rage, mm-hmm. the creation of these, you know, these beasts, the organizing this army, right. like the wiping out of humanity, like he, that's not really who he is, mm-hmm. right? He is a, right. A, a, you know, a, an aloof, judgmental man of science, mm-hmm. you know, who is compelled by his wife to learn the joys of humanity, mm-hmm. and you know, and she was destroyed by the church, and it sort of destroyed his, this fragile last chance that humanity right. had, which is just a terribly interesting story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think it's uh, what I do like about the the sort of tangent side stories with these two humans. Um, is it Philip? And I can't remember their names, mm-hmm. the two, uh, that work with them, who are not vampires, yeah. still human, is that it does really go out of its way to give you this perspective on on why Dracula can hate humans for so long yeah. and how you can almost see it. Like, it is a strong judgment on humanity and what, what humanity has stood for. Yeah. Um, and I think does a good job of saying this is like personal pain and trauma right um that is associated with humanity yeah um maybe certain individuals like the the church portrayed in in the show yeah but uh i thought that was really interesting like they did really try to have this philosophical perspective on why it might be legitimate to wipe out um Humanity as sort of the lower f- race on the planet, as if they are sort of this animals, you know. Over yeah, yeah. The planet. I mean, yeah. and so I would say that there's a lot like so the two Forge Masters, mm-hmm. um, uh, who are enlisted by Dracula to explicitly kill, like end humanity, right? You know, and so like they each have different reasons for uh, wanting to destroy humanity, mm-hmm. um, and that's you know that's interesting in and of itself, and like right. I you know. Uh, I, it's you know the the that kind of idea is is sometimes I think like um, it's like an anime concept yeah you know like I right. you don't see it or like uh, it I don't take it seriously in other contexts mm. um, but like yeah. in you know like Full Metal Alchemist and in this mm-hmm. um, you know and in Attack on Titan where like there are these high stakes you know yeah. the fate of humanity um, you know how people react to that or participate in that particular thing um, is really interesting and and it works like you, you it, it prompts in me the philosophical questions they're going for like mm-hmm. why does you know uh this particular person who was horribly mistreated by a member of the church mm-hmm. you know want to end humanity it makes a lot of sense why does right. this person who's lonely and creates their own you know semacronistic friends mm-hmm. um and is condemned by humanity oh like it makes sense why they like want to get rid of want it to do that, yeah. um and the you know and the show but the execution of what those characters do, mm-hmm. like what they say and where they go, isn't always consistent. No, yeah. I mean it's also like um, they are best again. Like it, it's just like um, uh, when you put too much water in the Kool Aid, it's just <laughs> diluted. Yeah, like they are like they the concept of those characters mm-hmm. and how they relate to the story are their most powerful bits. Mm. They don't like they don't do things. Yeah. that are all that interesting 
True. Um, some yeah. of it's visually interesting. Mm-hmm. Some of it's just cool. Yeah. But uh, they never get like you know. There's they're involved. They're involved in the war. Uh, they have some special skills that vampires can't do or yeah. whatever. Um, and then there's each of them has a scene where we get to sort of flashback to where Dracula enlists them. Mm-hmm. They don't they they don't contribute much to the story beyond those moments. Yeah, but they're there all things in the end. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. and I think Carmilla. It, well, so I mean, uh, one of the things that I, from my feminist lens, mm-hmm. um, analyze things by is like the. I don't even have a name for it. I'm sure. I'm sure there are academics that have names for it. But like, mm-hmm. so like, there's the scoptic drive, which is in, you know, in general, to like look at something, like to be able mm-hmm. to like to see something. It's like if something's obscured around the corner, you want to see it. Right. Um, it's often described by many as being like a, a like a a sexual desire from mm-hmm. the male gaze. You want to see more of a woman's body. Yeah. Right. And so like, if you were to chart like any like. The, the the further along a our protagonist gets to their goal, mm-hmm. like traditionally, like the woman is wearing less clothing right. at the point, and like yeah. this, like although I think Saifa is was generally like she wears a really amorphous non sexual outfit for most of the time, yeah, like big robe, yeah, yeah. When she gets involved in the battle, her arm gets cut, and she like switches <laughs> to a tank top mm. for the rest of the show. I haven't seen that part yet? Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, it, I mean, do it they is, need to do that? Yeah, yeah it's pretty tasteful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and it does. I think um, it it does parallel um, her going from a fairly aloof status to like something that's more tender to Alucard and more tender to Trevor. Right. So like, it does have purpose, but it's also like, yeah, it's like when Padme is fighting the giant beast and she has like strategically, yeah. I mean, so, come on, yeah. guys. Like, right, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's like it, it's it's the way it parallels with the protagonist mm-hmm. journey you know as we identify with trevor yeah um is i'm like it's still bad. it was it, tasteful and and, and <laughs> you know and like less than it could have been but like right. come on she also could have worn the like non-shapely amorphous blue mushroom outfit you know, <laughs> right. whatever so um, i do have a question about um watching the second season about some of the violence because like i get that it's like a horror type show it's dark um, anime style is often very violent, but like this season especially, like it just hit me how like over the top it is. Like the first half or almost three fourths of the season, there's not a lot of action. Yeah, but they do take time out to just see like humans ripped apart. Yeah, and uh, like as grotesquely as they can, as which is as much blood. And for me, that's not. Like, if it's not connected to the action, sort of, it's kind of just, like, gratuitous. And I understand that some of the uh, the history, the heritage of this style of yeah. animation and stuff like that, and what some people like. But um, I was just trying to think if there's something more behind the reasoning for that. If, if it plays into this idea of seeing humanity as something less. Like, we don't get too upset about animals getting ripped apart or something unless it's like a dog a cute dog or something um or you know any sort of beasts evil beasts or something but uh humanity it sort of like dehumanizes them into just like these objects right but their organs and things like that so i don't know if it's intentionally trying to do that but it seemed like too much and, and I, I think the first season did did it too, but it was sort of showing his his rage a little bit more 
and it wasn't necessarily directly Dracula doing it this time. I mean, it was sort of his army and stuff. Yeah, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Maybe it's just me being too, getting older and. Well, again, yeah. I mean, there, uh, there's some man like I, I the, my main critique comes to do with like dilution. Mm. Like we have eight episodes of this mm-hmm. season, right? Eight. Yeah. Eight. And it, like I said, it could be four. Yeah. So there's a lot of like multiple times we see a vampire do something like be gruesome Mm -hmm. and multiple times we see humans be gruesome yeah and it's like it it, i mean yeah sure for me it's like a little gratuitous Mm -hmm. because it 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 like it happens more times than is needed to advance the story Mm -hmm. and i remember like looking at the watching the first season which i think i watched twice now i'm like oh my god four episodes it's so short oh my god right But, but it has like I find that the 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 grotesque violence of the first season mm-hmm. is more haunting. Mm. Like you know, it, yeah, cre- yeah. it it creates in me right. like a, and some of it's you know again like if you think about it like when I look back, what is it about that? It's like the people's reactions, mm-hmm. like freaking the fuck out, right? At like entrails everywhere, yeah. you know, and like the yeah. and like the the like the I don't know, there's like the sheer shock of how. And it sort of calls Trevor to action, I think, so, yeah. too. Like, shakes him out of yeah. his sort of stupor. Yeah. yeah. And we just... There's, there's a kind of wallowing in it mm-hmm. through, like, you know, episodes two through six mm-hmm. in the second season that uh, it just it loses its power. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, if I, th- if I think to, to parallel visual stories, I think about uh, Watchmen... Mm-hmm. And the way in which, like, in the main storyline of Watchmen, mm-hmm. there's very little violence mm-hmm. that's depicted. It's a few, a little bit is discussed. But in the parallel world of, of the Black Freighter, mm-hmm. um, there's, you know, and even if the, yeah. in the images, like, there's mm-hmm. multicolored rotting bodies. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, like, it's all this sort of dark violence happens in the context of Watchmen, but not mm-hmm. in the, you know, like, the, the story, diegesis yeah. of that original story. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Uh, there's a way, you know, and like, and I think like in the movie version of it, like yeah. because that isn't there, it makes the story seem tame mm-hmm. and like, and again, like less sort of haunting. Yeah. If you choose a phrase. So uh, in the second season of Castlevania, it, it's it's there, but mm-hmm. it doesn't. It it's sort of it's on the other end. Like yeah. there's there's too much of it. Yeah. Um. So that you're just like, oh, it's uh, ripping and perhaps people apart. They, they sort of thought that that was one of the, like popular points of the first season yeah and so they wanted to continue that yeah aspect, i mean but like possibly yeah I, and i don't mean to be super picky about it yeah but it's like so if it's gonna be um like an olympic event <laughs> of like human yeah slang you, it needs to be gold medal right like you know and, yeah, and yeah. you know i mean like i remember moments in like vampire hunter d mm-hmm. and you know uh, you know others things of that genre yeah. where like you know someone cuts a person into four pieces and they slide apart you can only do that like once or twice right right, right to Before have that massive effect, like yeah. you know and so it just kind of gets overdone mm-hmm. um and and not to the point that it becomes the point of it yeah where like there's just like so much violence and blood mm-hmm. uh Yeah, I mean, some of the other uh, things I'm going to mention. Yeah. And I think in horror in general, I'm not, I've never been into like, I've never really been into like the torture porn stuff. 
um, yeah. that's really violent, gory things. So, yeah. uh, and it's not really that the violence normally bothers me that much. Like yeah. I can look past it if I don't, yeah. don't want to see it. Um, but it just seemed like over the top in this too much. Um, because the other things I may mention definitely have, like, their violent aspects to it. Yeah. Uh, but it just doesn't... It seemed too much um, blood flowing. So I, I don't know if there was more reason for it or not, but that, that kind of can make sense, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, you know, I mean, we're just critics here sitting talking about yeah. stuff. I mean, I, I think it's it, like the execution doesn't quite work. Like, mm-hmm. if they had a clear purpose, mm-hmm. it wasn't... Um, yeah, you know, I mean, it's like cool. Like, you want to do apocalypse now and like cross cut, like the you know, like the, the slaughter of a man with the slaughter of an like a you know, like a, a sacrificial animal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it makes a point. Right. And ultimately, what the, is important is the point that you're making. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, like the idea of humanity as cattle, um, it never gets there. Like, yeah. it's like it's cool. It's talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, even at that point, it becomes clear that Dracula doesn't think that way. Yeah. At least anymore. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that I do think is fun is like it's Godbrand's like, but if we kill all the humans, then you know, then we'll all starve to death. Right. And Dracula true. doesn't care. Right. And they're like, oh, he wants to just kill everything. Right. He wants to burn everything mm-hmm. down. I'm like, and, and and you know, and 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 I also think the way we find that out, I thought was just, I loved it. Because mm-hmm. you're like, oh no, that's not the case, and then you're like, right. no, that's the case. That is the case. Yeah. And, and you get, and, and this is like something which you'll see in episode seven, you know, like because Alucard says to him as he's about to kill him, he's like, mm-hmm. you know, this, all of this is just one of the world's largest largest suicide notes. Mm-hmm. And this is all, you know, you, you know, you know, he doesn't use the word heartbroken, but you're right. suffering this loss and just trying to destroy everything. Again, mm-hmm. that's a compelling emotional story right. that has. You know complexity, and it also has those like that that bit that's like, like the what if, like mm-hmm. what happens when, um, like, an an nearly ageless, nearly infinitely intelligent being like super powerful, yeah, yeah, like has his heart broken, mm-hmm. but who doesn't even believe he has one, right? Right, has right. his heart broken, can't really describe it. What does that look like? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a great, you know, it's it's a it's a really fun yeah. concept because also like. You know, Dracula isn't bad. Like mm-hmm. you know, in a way that, and this is the part that I think, like Carmilla as a character, um, she says really cool, like feministy things. Like right. they're all a bunch of man boys, you know. Right. And like yeah. it, all she says is true. I mean, she's one of those characters that like she doesn't really lie to anyone. Mm-hmm. She tells everyone essentially the truth, just with a particular angle. Sort yeah. Of, yeah. Um, but like in the end, like. So like cool. It's like she and you know at the one point she's like, "How many women are in this castle?" You know, <laughs> right. right? Cool. But, like, in the end, like, Dracula becomes a sympathetic character mm-hmm. um, and isn't ultimate, or, like, although he does bad things, he does not, he's not unrelatable, he does not appear to be pure evil, he does not appear to be any of those things. He appears to be someone who took a risk in loving a frail mortal woman, right. you know, in the age of a horrible church and was, you know, and suffered great personal loss because mm-hmm. of other people's, you know, uh, bigotry. Right. Right. Um, and Carmilla is just horrible. Like she, I mean, and we don't know much of her story. She's right. just a vindictive, power grubbing, evil person right. who like succeeds in traditionally like manipulative female tropes. <laughs> um, so for all of her like, ooh, cool feminist cred, it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. but she is like 
the classic Black Widow, mm-hmm. you know, or like that kind of character. So yeah. I was not as impressed with that in the end. Because you also, be, I mean, like as Dracula becomes multidimensional, she becomes just more, I mean, I don't know, let's say less, I mean, like it becomes clear that she just has one goal, which is power, you know, like right. it's not. Yeah, I mean, it is interesting and it's not the first time it's done with vampires, but they are seen uh, definitely more in this season as yeah. like their own race of people yeah. who do see themselves as above humans, yeah. evolutionary, yeah. Um, ways that they have the right over the planet yeah. and things like that. Um, and humans are just sort of in their way. And I think in that sense, Carmela is trying to preserve yeah. vampires as a race, you know, and sort of uh, their rule over the world. But yeah. yes, she it is like ultimately just rule. after power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, to be in control of that. Yeah. But I think it's it's an interesting aspect, um, and I think still says even though they do kill and sort of evil, uh, pretty evil. They it brings out that there are people with different shades that have their own backstories. Yeah. Um, yeah, in yeah. the world. Yeah, yeah. I did, in some sense like I I, I love the sort of tight focus of just a few people mm-hmm. in the first season mm-hmm. and we expand yeah. out I mean sorry like Godbrand is dumb yeah um, his accent is terrible yeah, I don't terrible. know what it's supposed to be I mean like, <laughs> and maybe like that if I went to yeah. like a like a like a Nordic country that he is supposed to be from, he would speak like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't yeah. mean to be, but he sounded dumb in this context. Certainly, like specific vampire clan. Yeah, I mean, like a... he's the Viking vampire. I mean, yeah. I, I do think the joke about like you haven't found anything, you didn't try to kill, fuck, or turn into a boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. is f- hilariously <laughs> funny. He's like, "What? I, you know, I drive boats." So he's right, not right. that accent, but um, so he's terrible mm-hmm. um the forge masters are like i mean not partic- like interesting as a concept i don't they're, they're bland yeah. yeah they're not distinct really mm-hmm. you know they're like ooh, unloved by humanity in different kinds of ways like yeah. i understand also like where does forge mastery come from why can only humans do it right. I, don't, I don't i don't need too much but yeah. you know, a little bit you know mm-hmm. um and like the random court of vampires which are just like you know, on like vampire one through thirty. Right, right, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't need them, yeah. and I don't, I, I don't, I didn't, I didn't want to expand my cinematic lens to include them. Mm-hmm. I only care about Trevor and Alucard and Sci-Fi. Yeah, and and we Dracula get a little life. bit of the um, Trevor's like family history. Yeah, but not enough. I mean, I think that. That's what's sort of interesting yeah, too. Yeah. Um, I mean, for I, me, yeah. yeah. I mean, I could have used more, but I also, uh, I, I, I was satisfied. You're satisfied. Yeah. I mean, yeah. sure, I mean, sure. Like that's where we want. I, I, I agree that there's more. It's a more interesting story to tell than like mm-hmm. Carmilla or Godbrand. But, mm-hmm. um, I it's one of those. The feeling that I got from it was like some of the feeling I get when I watch Firefly. That mm-hmm. I just, I just want to like. I want to be. I have nostalgia for this Belmont world, which was destroyed, mm-hmm. and like I feel like that feeling is is pure and perfect. Is there, yeah. Um, and and like because we want to know details. more about it, and it's disappearing. Right. You know, like that that I think they're going for it, and I think it works really mm-hmm. well. I don't think that's failure or unintentional. Yeah. Um, you know, and literally like like Castle Dracula's on top of it. Like they have to, you know, like that yeah. is like gotta save now. Um, By the way, his moving the castle is pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool effect. Yeah. 
Yeah, and and it was like I also like randomly a whole bunch of like vampires get killed by holy water. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It's an interesting cool. idea. Yeah, yeah. I uh, yeah, and I thought it was cool that the way like her magic fought the engine. You know, like again, mm-hmm. cool, great. Yeah. Like when when we're dealing with, you know, and like that recalls sort of like you know crawl right when they're looking to try to find the location of the oh, black yeah, fortress. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, and the in the beasts that Trevor fights. In his library, are yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, I like that it mixes up. Um, you know, it's not just fighting vampires yeah. and stuff. But I don't know quite how all that works in the world building because they seem really powerful. Like there's a huge creature that he fights at yeah. first that break there, and I'm like, isn't that thing stronger than some of the vampires? But I mean, they seem kind of yeah. Dumb, but, there was yeah. there was like a um the the whole there's the part when like Dracula's just making an army of Mm-hmm. Creatures of the night. Right. That's enough detail. Yeah. When they're like, here's how it's done. Like these humans, special forge masters, take humans <laughs> and then view their dead bodies with the souls of these creatures of the night, which are a different races. I'm like, mm, nope. Uh, to, too uh, much talking. Believability. <laughs> yeah. Just I yeah, want yeah. a black box, and I don't. I don't want to <laughs> see inside of it. I don't need, yeah. need to know it. Um. Because then you're like, why does Dracula need these people? How did he make it before? Like I was like, ah, you're making me think too much. Yeah, yeah. And we don't need. Who cares? We don't like. <laughs> he's evil. Army of evil. That's good enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I uh, so in the end, um, like I think the the main story, which involves like the main the, the primary characters of Trevor mm, and trio, Alucard, yeah. a trio and Dracula, are great. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think. Uh, Certainly, like I was, you're about to watch episode seven. Mm-hmm. I thought episode seven was great. Yeah. Um. Uh. You know, like I, I, I was a little bit like I, I wish. So, like you know, um, for the for those that have played any of the White Wolf games, which have you played any of them? No. So, like role playing games in, um, like set in a vampire world. Mm. Um. There's anyway, there's vampire. Anyway, one of the games is called Vampire the Masquerade. Anyway, mm-hmm. so like in in that world, um, vampires generally have like three main characteristics: uh, celerity, potence, and presence. Mm-hmm. So like celerity is like how fast they are; potence is like how powerful they are; presence is how they can manipulate things. Um, and one of the and so like we get to see like these very and this, these are some sort of traditional like categories of vampires' mm-hmm. skills. Like we we realize that um, like Alucard is tremendous; has like great speed right he can teleport he can move really fast he can mm. control things you know dracula's powers are more about his presence like he can just influence and manipulate mm. things he's also terribly strong and right. you know can like but when they fight he when they have their big knockdown drag out fight like he does conjure like a giant fireball mm-hmm. which is kind of lame yeah. um i i think it like it produces some interesting visuals mm-hmm. but i'm like i wanted some more some i wanted more like yeah. dracula to I mean, here's a list of things. Like, make <laughs> 10 copies of himself. Move so fast that, like, uh, you know, like if because Dracula, vampires that are super old are, like, super fast. He can, like, kill Trevor and Saifa before they even, you know, no like. happened to them, yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, like, he can uh, transport, he can, he can make himself into a gaseous form, he can make himself mm-hmm. into various animals. Like, yeah. just give, like, get, like do one of those things. Bunches, yeah. um, like, uh, manipulate both their views or our views. Like, mm-hmm. maybe he appears to be dead or he, like, looks, you know, like. Yeah. Like, there's a True. lot of things that I wanted besides a giant fireball. Mm-hmm. Um Especially after he makes the he makes his declaration like I am Vlad Dracula Tepish and I've had enough of this, 
you know, I wanted something more. Yeah. Um, and it was, you know, again, a little bit of like Green Lantern Syndrome where they had, they could do anything and what mm-hmm. they come up with is generally mm-hmm. fireball. But um, there is, they do so much with the way Alucard fights, um, the other, that, that that fighting is awesome. Cool. And also yeah. the combination between like, um, like Trevor and Saif and how they mm-hmm. use their powers together. And so, I mean, have you seen that? Have you seen uh, the battle between like the trio and the vampire generals? Does that happen in your episode six? Must it? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, actually. it happens. So it all no, happens. Yeah. It's all, in, all seven. in seven. Yeah. Um, you know, there's like uh, the, the way Saifa uses like like a ice as like a blade. There's okay. lots of cool yeah, stuff. Cool stuff. There's yeah. enough in there mm-hmm. um, that the fight itself in episode seven is great yeah not too long pretty awesome right. you know it's not really from dracula's end yeah but you know again like i know a lot of the fighting between alucard and dracula is good mm-hmm. there's just this like central moment where he go where it's essentially like like stage two of the boss fight right when he's like, like he gonna do like yeah. i'm i'm not messing around anymore yeah. and starts mm-hmm. to like i call down the full breadth of my power mm-hmm. and it's a giant rolling fireball um, the only small complaint I would have about it, because the rest of it, like, and, and, and once they get past that, then there's him and Alucard smashing each other around the room of mirrors, <laughs> and then roiling out through the rest of the house, would end up in, you know, would end up in Alucard's room, and all that stuff is great. Mm-hmm. I was just like, you know, like, yeah, and, you know, and, and, I, and I, I don't mean to like push up my like vampire nerd glasses, <laughs> but yeah. like, you know, what makes uh, traditionally very old vampires powerful mm-hmm. is not their ability to conjure giant rolling fireballs. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. a variety of other sinister and terribly powerful skills. Yeah. True. Um, I also, there's, I have to say this. So, um, I, they're making a third season. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's this one, uh, and Dracula's dead. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that he is. Okay. <laughs> there, there's a scene that happens. Okay. Um, I, th- I think it's it, it's probably in episode five or six where he, he first uses the mirror. Mm. Have you seen this? He calls it together. Yeah. He scratches some wounds yeah. on it. He, he turns it, it becomes mm. like a teleporter thing and he throws a cloak through. Mm. And then it cuts. We don't really know why. Well, yeah, I, I think, you know, I'm like, oh, like he was testing because he eventually throws one of his forge masters through there mm. as a way of saving them to like, it, it, it has to do with mm. their relationship which I'm like, yeah, not yeah. developed enough. I'd rather just do the primary relationship stuff. It's fine. Because mm-hmm. um, again, like it's it's him having a caring relationship towards someone, which is just better done with his son. Yeah, just better done with that. Yeah. Um, but I was like, is that hmm. what happened? Yeah, yeah. You know, because you know, a guy like is this like a little little seed where he's cleverly hmm. making it out so Maybe that he could season four. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah. I, I like, and I was like, I would be happy to, or even like, I mean. I think he'll come back in four, yeah. um, and and maybe he'll just come back as like um, an image in uh, Alucard's memory, right? Um, Some sort of force. But like yeah. the the Dracula after the rage mm-hmm. is a cool character, yeah. Because he, you know, at that point, because we don't, we people describe him as a man of science and mm-hmm. knowledge and all this other stuff, but we don't see that. We see just sort of the rage. But mm-hmm. after it's gone, it gives us a chance to to meet. With and, and someone who we knew is yeah. caring and wounded, mm-hmm. um, and barely motivated, yeah, and terrible, yeah. Because um, we do get to see. I think you have. Do you, have you seen the part where like he attacks that village? We we get to see Dracula go back. F- yeah. yeah, back in mm-hmm. time in mm-hmm. sort of full force. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I mean, and also like it's an important part of his portrayal. Right, like an important part of his characterization to see like he doesn't just 
make you pay. Like mm-hmm. he he makes sure everybody sees yeah, what yeah. he did. Yeah, yeah. You know. So I mean, I I, I also I, am intrigued. Uh, different story of when he travels the world. Yeah, looking at like, humanity. His, that like, could be its own entirely. Its own. Yeah. yeah. And again, that story, mm-hmm. really interesting. Yeah. Um, and I would be happy to, to, because there's also there's two things that I want to say about that. One, there's this part at which it's. I'm going to apologize for saying this at the beginning. It's <laughs> like when, in Star Trek: The Next Generation, they encounter Q, okay. and, and Q evaluates humanity. Yeah, yeah. From a neutral perspective. Mm-hmm. I mean, from a... Not because he's not neutral. Sorry. Objective perspective, yeah. yeah. Um, and so, you know, that, so Dracula does that. But, like, of course, Dracula is something is a person that we made. <laughs> so it's a sense of we're looking at us. Mm-hmm. And the part that I would, you know, like, if I were to write some of Dracula, I, I would make him... I would make part of his um, perspective about humanity related to the environment, just because that's something that I care about. Like, you know, this is what you do. You cut down trees and you take mountains and make them into small pebbles to build these tiny piles of castles <laughs> and think you're safe when, you, right. when all you've done is take a tiny bit of a mountain and move it over here. You yeah. know, and like all you spend your time burning and destroying and defecating everywhere. <laughs> you know, like no other animal destroys the environment the way in which you do. Like you barbar, you know, yeah. like, you know, in a, in, in a way because the, his perspective is... Um, evaluating humanity which is like what we are doing and it's something mm-hmm. that's very very modern and important and appropriate about that in that like it's one of our central challenges like right. do we have an effect on, on our environment mm-hmm. like what what does it mean to be a citizen of earth like what right. like are, are we custodians of this place or are we like <laughs> woo pizza on the ceiling you know right. just use it up yeah true um nice so that's Castlevania, Castlevania. season two yeah um, we're going to mention some other things briefly, yeah. sort of in that same world. Um, so I did want to mention a little more high profile than some Netflix things, but we'll also get to some streaming yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah. But I had a chance to see uh, the new Halloween, which is very confusing. There's been now three films simply called Halloween, even though this is a sequel to the original has the same title doesn't make any sense but um so a little quick background on some of the filmmaking uh this is directed and co-written by david gordon green who is actually one of my favorite um filmmakers for his early films Mm -hmm. early in his career um made george washington and all the real girls Mm. um which uh, I think were really influential on me coming out of college and into grad school some, um, that kind of time period. Uh, so he does a lot with like um, non-actors traditionally yeah, yeah. early in his career. He did yeah. a lot with like improvising. Yeah. Um, and I saw George Washington like because mm-hmm. of the group of kids. Yeah. I mean, yep. and you get some, uh, I mean, just remarkable, unique, uh, striking performances mm-hmm. out of those kids. Yep. Very, like, um, poetic filmmaker in his early career um, with his visuals and things like that. Yeah. Uh, It's kind of slower pace. He kind of took this meandering path through different uh, genres and levels of quality, I think, in the meantime. Mm -hmm. Kind of got into, like, raunchier comedies like Pineapple Express and things like that. Um, uh, 
Uh, and interestingly, working on Halloween with Danny McBride, which is uh, an actor he works with a lot, but who did originally want to be a writer and filmmaker in his own right. Um, but they co-wrote the new one. Um, and there actually is some nice sort of uh, natural comedic moments in it um, that you wouldn't expect. Uh, but anyway, so I did have um, a lot of high hopes, and David Gordon Green was attached to the Suspiria remake mm-hmm. um, for a long time, which is unique because that's kind of coming around out around the same time, within a few months of each other, but he eventually left that um, but jumped into Halloween. So overall, just kind of quick comments. I think um, certainly this is a fairly good film. Um, it doesn't live up to creating something as unique as the original, which mm-hmm. maybe you couldn't live up to. Um, I'm not super into the sort of slasher films that came out of this. Um, didn't really grow up with a lot of those. Yeah. But I do respect, I think, the original Halloween. There's a great, you know, well-known first tracking shot um, that opens and you get sort of this first-person perspective, which I think mm-hmm. is really good. And and I think for the period, it, it built up a lot of suspense, but not a lot happens until the end. There's like this big middle section where there's not a lot of action or anything happening. Um, but I think that was for character building. So I think the the fault the new one makes, even though it's trying to go back to that original style in a lot of ways, it is a pretty um, cheaply made film. Um, this is one of the Blumhouse films. I think it was only like 10 million, which is pretty small for Hollywood. Uh, and he kind of pays tribute to some of these in the middle. There's this long tracking shot, um, which kind of does its own thing, but definitely is playing back to those to that original film. So he does a few sort of uh, things like that where he kind of does his own twist on some of the same moments. But I think ultimately it doesn't quite do something. Um, it's not saying a lot on its own or doing a yeah. lot, but I think it's a... It's a well-done, entertaining film. It does try to have this uh, female empowerment perspective. There's three generations of women. It's got Jamie Lee Curtis returning um, to the same character um, that she did. So we have her daughter and then her granddaughter in it. So uh, I don't also know that it pulls off all that. I think Jamie Lee Curtis's character in this new film is not quite consistent enough. Um throughout it to to really portray this sort of uh, strong woman and she's she's sort of basically been preparing to take on Michael Myers if he ever comes back yeah after like 40 years uh, and ultimately I think it's a little disappointing her performance in facing him in the end mm-hmm. um, if you've prepared for that there's definitely a Linda Hamilton influence of Terminator 2 in her character Hmm. Um, sort of the you know um, traumatized by this original moment um, in their history and now have been waiting for uh, for return to face this moment um, and sort of the twist on that and and what sort of impact it's had on their children and things like that in their life Um, so that was unique and I think it's not too strong that it doesn't work um but so mostly I would say it's a serviceable sequel. Definitely probably better than any of the other sequels um, okay, so, in that I mean, series. I am, I am not like an, an expert in this in any mm-hmm. means. Um, but my understanding is there's, there was like Halloween. 
Yeah. And then like Halloween 2 and like mm-hmm. Halloween 3, the revenge of something and Halloween yeah. 4, the curse of something and 5 maybe. Yeah, there's quite a few. And so, I mean, uh I think there's at least 5 or 6 and then they kind of did the reboot with um H2O, like sort of the 20th anniversary which oh, yeah, Jamie yeah, yeah, Lee yeah, Curtis yeah. came back for and um there's a great podcast uh if you haven't listened to it, Halloween on Mass that came out this fall mm-hmm. um, that lays out a lot of the history. But that one was written by um, Kevin Williamson, who did the Scream films. Mm-hmm. And so it definitely had more of that flavor. It was mm-hmm. that period in the 90s of yeah. a little more knowing and the characters are a little more sarcastic and right. things like that and kind of joke with each other about knowing horror films and stuff. Yeah, Not a bad film. Um, there was a direct sequel to that, and then we have the Rob Zombie two Halloween films, which sort of were their own official reboot of the whole story. Um, and so the new film disregards all of that except for the original. Okay. And um, and yeah. is this like one of those cases, because I'm sort of a neophyte, mm-hmm. where like the original one is a pretty... I don't know. Respected? Yeah, like pioneering, interesting film, yeah. and the sequels are not. Yeah, I mean, I think some people... I'm not very familiar with it at all. don't really remember it. The second one, John Carpenter is involved um, in that, so I think some people have respect for that one. Gotcha. Uh, apparently, they open up the mythology a lot, um, and a lot of people don't now, don't love what it, they did with the mythology. And so, I mean, like, I, 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 mean, I have seen <coughs> the original Halloween one time years ago with a friend, and I watched, like, 75% of it. Mm-hmm. It's not... I mean, sure, I probably, probably should watch it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but it, there's... Is there any um, supernatural part to it? Um, in the original, there's not any sort of uh, supernatural explanation, and I think that's where the sequels start to go. Yeah. Um, I think... And I think that's what's great about the original and this new one. Um, he certainly sort of like keeps coming, but it's mostly believable. And mm-hmm. and they really don't try to explain his motivation. Mm-hmm. He certainly comes after this Laurie character, Jamie Lee Curtis, mm-hmm. and people that know her, but we don't have any reasoning for why. Mm. He doesn't talk. It's actually kind of a joke, like... In there, and there's a great moment. We're talking about this on a podcast. It opens with um, podcasters yeah, trying yeah, to I, do I like you, a yeah. true crime um, expose on Michael Myers, um, and so they definitely are playing with like we as an audience want to know why, what's behind this, what's his, yeah. you know, um, scientific reason for doing this or revenge or whatever, and we we just don't get it. Um, which is really fascinating. Uh, one other little interesting tidbit, learning more about this history, is that I don't know if this has ever happened. That so Jamie Lee Curtis came back for the 20th anniversary film, mm-hmm. and she played the older version of this character who was sort of traumatized and alcoholic, and we sort of and she gets killed off um, eventually in I think the following film. So like you complete her story. And then she comes back, the same actress, to have a separate sort of ending story for the same character. And I don't know if that's ever happened in film, where an actor has sort of like played two different versions of their character um, across like that span of time, I think is pretty wild. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, that sounds fascinating. 
Um, but it, you know, like like the different roles she played in this sprawling, you know, Michael Myers cinematic universe. Mm-hmm. Um, I I mean I do I mean there's part of it you know like uh, it just sounds fun in terms of the way that you. Um, like play with the multiplicity of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the things that I sometimes um, uh, talk about with you know when fans get upset about mm-hmm. how a particular story goes a certain way, mm-hmm. it's like there's many possibilities. <coughs> I mean, and some of this has to do with like like the Star Wars and mm-hmm. like the when canon became non-canon and whatnot. Yeah, you know, it's like you you ha- you have like the Starfleet Academy. You know, I mean the I mean mm. the the Jedi Academy, Luke, and you yeah. have like also grizzled old Luke in the thing. Like you, you can have these multiple things. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, that was always more fun. Yeah, you know, um, you know, it, to to see yeah. like even like when like when I talk to my kids about it, like mm-hmm. they'll point out like a cartoon version of a superhero on a toy or in an advertisement like, mm-hmm. well, that's 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 that artist's rendition of that particular right. thing um i mean i you know i uh one of the things that i like about serial like serial kinds of stories when they're done mm-hmm. really well is like they can be um you know almost like parallel worlds or yeah. universes right um and one of my favorite you know a series which was really influential on me when I was growing up, which was the Batman the animated series. Mm-hmm. I mean, I there, there show, yeah. yeah, there are many different. I mean, Danny Elfman did the music. There's mm-hmm. lots of things to make it good, but there were there there were it was such it was so episodic that there mm-hmm. were many different way, ways in which Batman is. Yeah, and you true, don't yeah. know when they happen. Yeah. you know, and what chronology and like mm-hmm. you know, like I said, one of my favorite episodes which we've talked about before is like. He just like goes to visit this old woman and talks about some old stories, you know. Yeah, and, like, yeah. You don't know what well, is a Thursday, you know, like right, is right. early in his career, late in his career. You don't know when it is, um, and it allows like you to imagine uh, a character doing different things, which I think is like, you know, because I always have to wax this at some point. Is like it, it calls back to like the or, the original storytelling, you know, like mm-hmm. the great journey, like it's the yeah. Odyssey or, mm-hmm. you know, the great epic poems when like they, they a, a character is on a journey and then encounter all these different things along the way and they have right. all they react to it in all these different ways, good, bad, you know, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. It allows you to have, you know, it allows you to envision all those different possibilities. So I right. mean, I and like I, if it's a good and fun story, like. It's far more it's it's far more interesting for me to encounter that mm-hmm. like a different story or a different version of a story mm-hmm. um, than it is for me to maintain some level of canon and perfection and yeah. I mean like and, and sometimes I but it has to be good mm-hmm. right like Lord yeah. of the Rings movie good mm-hmm. like Hobbit movie bad That's okay. yeah, yeah and like it's a different version of that story and that version of the story is terrible yeah <laughs> and it doesn't need like you know sorry I, it doesn't need to be told yeah and i think we like with something with halloween we're finally back to uh like i said i think david gordon green has sort of had his missteps or he's certainly like very open to experimenting yeah. in many different genres and styles mm-hmm. and things but he i think understood the fundamentals of what this story is about which is don't the less you explain yeah the scarier it is right that you don't know and they do you know talk about him as sort of the boogeyman yeah um that we don't know where it comes from or why it's just sort of like this evil force in the world um and and i think that is sort of the power uniqueness of these halloween films and michael myers is he is just sort of like this emotionless almost faceless because he just wears this like mask of a face um but we don't see any expression and he just sort of like keeps coming for you and i was thinking you know 
I think trends, sometimes we only see them retroactively later. Yeah. Uh, what significance they had in our cultural yeah. atmosphere at that time. But I think people talk about the original one was so scary because it wasn't, you know, people going to a cabin and doing promiscuous things and then therefore have to be, you know, um, attacked by something evil or something. But it was in, like, the suburbs where regular people lived and it was coming to, you know, you where you are. Yeah. um, And you didn't have much way to, like, know what it was, much warning um, to stop. And I think that's why it was so scary back then. And I think we were just developing, you know, in the late, 70s this concept of that kind of evil in the world um that doesn't have a meaning behind it maybe uh like with actual serial killers and stuff that we couldn't understand um and i wonder now this is the most the the most profitable biggest opening of any of the halloween films Hmm. um which is unique and uh and i don't want to put too much into it but i think we are in again um in times where we do see just like this breakout of violence in spaces that we don't normally yeah. associate with violence, whether school shootings or shootings wherever. Um, and it, and it, it is a scary thing that, that that is a possibility. Yeah. And I think it taps into that fear um, of just sort of entering our neighborhoods like that. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, um, again, I haven't seen this film. I mean, there's a lot in um, the character of, of uh, Mr. Myers mm-hmm. um, that, that that is, and I'm sure he, is that has a very strong, like archetypal quality to it. Um, yeah. You know, and again, you know, in, in, in other different contexts, like it's like the the Grim Reaper, which is always there. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. uh, it it he doesn't care. Yeah. Um, but what what I think makes. Um, this particular character like Michael Myers like more scary is he's going he goes after particular people mm-hmm. and it's not it's not killing everyone he's right. just killing you yeah, yeah and he won't stop right <laughs> um and apparently John Carpenter originally referred to him like in the script and stuff as like the shape yeah that he was just like this form that would like come after you yeah um that it was that like not specific you know yeah that's it's pretty creepy yeah yeah, and and I think that there's, um, I mean, I think even going back to Psycho and some some mm-hmm. early thrillers, like there, yeah. the we found in cinema that uh, the the contrast between like the intensity of action and the lack of emotional reaction mm-hmm. freaks us out. Right, right, yeah. Um, and I think one of the things that. Uh, like if we consider like Silence of the Lambs, um, uh, well, yeah, uh, there's a way in which like I always found um, his plan mm-hmm. very just comforting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, because like oh, like it made sense, mm-hmm. you know, and like you know yeah. he had he's something that he was doing, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then we contrast that with like um, Hannibal, who like also commits acts of violence and yeah. just seems to enjoy himself. Right. But even so, like they, there's a comfort in knowing why they're doing like, it. Yeah. It's orderly mm-hmm. um, yeah. in a way that uh, this Michael Myers character does not appear to be mm-hmm. orderly. And, and 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 I think you know, in some sense, you know, again, I really, I guess, I have to watch it now. Um, you know, the the way in which he represents some sort of disorder, 
You know, mm-hmm. like he's violating the basic principle of, of like safest houses or we're right. okay in the suburbs or mm-hmm. the only people who die are either minorities or they were sexually <laughs> promiscuous. You know, there right. are like codes and rules about how we tell our stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, you know, doesn't follow. And, any and that in and of itself is terrifying. And I think like um, there are, there's some of it that seems that I would imagine like, uh, uh, Stephen King, you know, mm-hmm. like the master of this sort of thing, would say, ah, you know, amateur. Because yeah. I mean, all he does is, I mean, or one of the one of his, or I mean, one of the elements of his towering genius yeah. is that he can find, you know, for you know, scores of books, find things that we were that we were comfortable enough with mm-hmm. um, that if he put something scary, scary in yeah. that spot, it freaks us out, you know. <laughs> right. Um, it sounds cool. I'm, I mean, I don't know. I'm. I always. You know, I wonder um, uh, sometimes about what our future will be like. (laughs) But, you know, I mean, like, you know, there's a... Will we have enough stories to come up with new ones? Mm. You know, because in in, in the digital age of stuff, Eli, Mm -hmm. like, it's, you know, like, you know, even like when I was a kid, like, there were movies that, you know, that would happen before VHS and, and stuff. And you could find them and access them, but they weren't... It's not like now where, like, I just got a... I mean... I could like, you know, like <laughs> Google Assistant show me you know all films which involve like a man with a knife you know right. like they're they're so readily present and accessible mm-hmm. yeah. um, that you know in, in some sense it's kind of fun and I think it, it sets it up where you you have characters and milieus and genres mm-hmm. and things that you can play with inside of and it makes it really fun right. um, but you know like will we you know is does Halloween become sort of like an er text of Right, right, fear yeah. or horror yeah and they're just variations of that over time it doesn't really deserve that yeah um yeah i mean i think we've talked about this a little bit but like it seems to be almost something like netflix's um mission now is like hey we're just gonna repackage all the things you used to love um, yeah make them shiny again yeah. and don't you love them uh, yeah. Like and sometimes I do. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we watched um, Next Gen. Have you watched that? No, we've been planning. To. It's, it's pretty fun. Yeah, it's you know kind of like Big Hero Six, but like right. the B grade version of it. Yeah, yeah. With some fun, little complicated, like interpersonal stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, oh, it's like a poor man's Baymax. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's cool. You know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's also like very clearly fits the like child who needs a friend and finds it in a big squishy robot who mm-hmm. also does violence but chooses not to for reasons of goodness right you know how hyphenated you know genre piece yeah yeah i mean they're they know the formulas now yeah. for what what works and what yeah. people watch i mean so. and i do have to say though that like i don't know if it's like a coke pepsi thing mm-hmm. um but like next gen is inferior to, to big hero six yeah Without a doubt. Yeah. Um, it, it is fun. Mm-hmm. It has, you know, like it has a little interesting stuff to add. Yeah. But if it is in the identical genre, it is the B-grade version of this other film. Yeah. Um, you know, it's one that Netflix has exclusive rights to. Right. And a one that, like, for my children, it doesn't... Well, I mean, for my youngest child, it, it doesn't... Doesn't matter too much. Doesn't matter all that much. My, mm-hmm. my oldest kid, like, because we, like, we... Um, people that made Big Hero Six, a group of guys called Men of Action, and they mm-hmm. also made uh, Ben Ten, which we like is golden in our house. And yeah. We love it, you know. And so like, and you can see a lot of the same themes um, mm-hmm. in Big Hero Six that you see in Ben Ten. And so like, my oldest son Ethan like is more tuned into that particular part. He's like, oh, right. an action, the kind of you know. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, it's, it's interesting because it's like it's one of those things like the rule like it always comes in twos or, you know, like it's clear yeah. that you can make a, you know, like the, I don't know, like there's, you know, you can, it's a Hydrox cookie mm-hmm. of uh, things. And, and yeah. I, I uh, or maybe I mean like the, the store brand, yeah. you know, like it's the store brand, it's, it's sure fine because mm-hmm. um, you can, you know, it. Netflix has it, it's exclusive to them, it makes yeah. marketing sense. You know, it's a fine piece of art, but it's it doesn't have the same uh, originality. Yeah. Um, you know, it's as the the pioneering version mm. of it, you know. And I think I've mentioned this briefly on the show in the past, but like I would never consider myself like a horror fan. Yeah. But uh, when I think there's one that I really enjoy, yeah. um, I think that it could be like one of my favorite films of that year or something. Yeah. That's really good. Um, and so I think I do last few years have tended to watch a fair amount. Yeah. But like there's a very, very small percentage that I would say is like actually good or end up appreciating that much. Yeah. Um I I was watching uh the new Haunting of Hill House yeah. series on Netflix and my wife was like like I was watching it in bed on a laptop. Uh, a few nights in a row and she was like how can you watch that like right before you go to sleep and I was just like I don't even know what you're talking (laughs) like why would that bother me (laughs) um so I'm definitely not affected by that but it also made me think about like what and I think it's a good show and there's some creepy moments but what makes good horror to me yeah and what makes it actually scary like I wouldn't say that I was very scared ever by the new Halloween um like I was, it was intense, um, some moments, but I wouldn't say it's like scary. And there's not much that actually yeah. like scares me. Um, and again, I don't think violent, gory things are scary. Like they make me uncomfortable, but I don't consider that the same as like um, fear. You know? Like, yeah, I had this um, opportunity to do some reflection recently. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I mean, as an adult, the only thing, the only thing that's really scared me has been The Walking Dead. Mm. Um, and I, uh, you know, like Rick Grimes apparently just died. Um, yeah, that's what I hear. I mean, I'm, I'm so done with the show. I, I some don't movies with him. I don't even know if somehow? I'm gonna like read the full article about it. <laughs> um, but you know, but I mean, and I, I remember like you know when the first season came out and the, and the second season came out, and I was like, man, Frank Darabont's just a flipping <laughs> genius. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, because uh, what was terrifying. I mean, and I still think like. Um, you know, in, in in some sense, like the same way that you talk about Halloween, like the mm-hmm. the first one is sort of a stand up, and then you know after that it becomes like yeah. I mean the first season of The Walking Dead is you know you know, like mm-hmm. fabulous, yeah. And I would say you know the same for me with like the second season, you know, mm-hmm. like, it's like quite good, yeah. And in even 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 parts of the third, but you know what always did it for me, like it's a, it's a common it's it was the pacing, and I know I've talked mm-hmm. about this in the sh- in the show before when we talked about. It, like in the very early days of our podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, But the way in which like a lot of horror will go from that, they try to get, they try to make you feel things by like making you feel comfortable and then rapidly changing Mm. to like uncomfortable. Yeah. But the pacing of the walking dead, you know, I would say under Frank Darabont's direction is that like you never get to fully comfortable and mm-hmm. and you slowly will sneak between like medium and high mm-hmm. uncomfortable, you know, like because yeah. zombies come out and eat people, right? But yeah. that's the, those parts yeah, anybody are anybody can die. Yeah. Those parts are like fairly; they're almost like a relief. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. It's like all of this anxiety in between right. that, and you know, that like that makes it, uh, that made it sort of scary for me, and it made it them like, you know, like I'm an adult, I know there's not zombies, but like mm-hmm. maybe I lock my door, yeah, yeah, you know, just 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 because it's late, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, because the because the way in which you kind of just kind of fall into the the like the discomfort and anxiety of that world is part mm-hmm. of what I think sort of made it. Um, was yeah. it genius? And I would say that um, The Haunting of Hill House has that effect. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely did sense a difference in quality compared to most modern horror films. Yeah. Um, the filmmaker is, is pretty interesting, Mike Flanagan. He's been, like, cranking out horror films. Uh-huh. Um, one of his first ones was on... Uh, was picked up by Netflix, not originally made by Netflix, um, but picked up as a Netflix film. And then I think they gave him a few other films um, to make, including uh, a Stephen King adaptation. Mm. Uh, And he directed and wrote all the episodes. I think there's 10. Mm -hmm. Um, And does some really, like, skillful things in his craft. But I... And I'm still trying to piece together what exactly is the difference. Because there are some pretty generic ghost-type yeah. moments in there. Like the thing creeping along the ceiling or like... Which just are, have lost all their impact for me. Yeah. Um, some of that. And there are some well-done unique ghosts. Um, yeah. So there's some really creepy moments. But I think maybe going back to like why those first couple seasons of The Walking Dead are good for me yeah. is because of like the character development too Yeah, um, is really strong and I think that's really what this show does is you get yeah. the character um, so quickly I think like three interesting narrative things it does is uh, it kind of has the it narrative style um, from Stephen King where yeah. we get we're flashing between when these characters are children yeah. and the haunting is actually happening in the home. Yeah. And then we jump ahead um, to when they're adults yeah. and um, it's sort of the after effects mm-hmm. of this haunting on their lives. And so we kind of go back and we slowly learn more of what actually happened yeah. in the past. Um, but we see the effects. So that that's really unique it, and it does a good job of the transitions between those um, uh, time periods as well. Just like back and forth. Uh, the other narrative thing it does, which is kind of like a lost style, is that we get, the first half of the season is sort of like bottle episodes focused on each um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. character. Um, so we learn more about who they are and their lives and stuff like that. And certainly they, they like intersect with each other, so we mm-hmm. see the different characters yeah. in the different stories, but it's focused on where is this person at now. Yeah, life. yeah, yeah. Um, and then I think that the power of that really follows through in the second half of the season where we do see the story kind of pick up again mm-hmm. with the new haunting, um, kind of returning into their lives. But now we're so engrossed in who these people are. Yeah. Um, and then in the middle of the season, right in the middle, we get an episode where they all come together um, in one uh, physical location. And it's shot sort of like um, Hitchcock's Rope. Um, mm-hmm. Where it's all, it there are some clear cuts in it, but there's long sequences. Some of them yeah. like 15 minutes of like one take. Yeah. Um, like a, with with lots of staging. Yeah, with lots of staging. So the camera is almost moving all the time, though, mm-hmm. um, which mm-hmm. is unique. And there's yeah. a really great one where 
it moves within the same space, like they go down a hallway and then sort of like uh, in a supernatural sort of um, surreal way, like it goes back into the like the house when they're children. Mm-hmm. Um, but like as done as one shot and then you move to like the children actors um, continuing kind of through there. So I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it wasn't, it's definitely like he is trying new things. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious what he'll do more in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also does a good job of, which I think is really hard is there's, there's quite a bit of dialogue. Um, cause it is, you know, uh, 10 episodes and a lot of them don't have music. Like it's hmm. very still, mm-hmm. um, but the it I think it must be well written because you're very engrossed in the conversations. Um, but I think that sort of adds to some of the eeriness of it. Yeah, um, and it kind of unsettles you a little bit um, that you don't kind of have uh, that sort of atmospheric as music as much as you normally do. Yeah, um, but I think it also really like humanizes these characters as well yeah because you don't see them as just sort of like types that are gonna get attacked by something um so i i would highly recommend it um cool i think it it is sort of hard to maybe like binge something like that for the average person where it's kind of like this sustained um, narrative tenseness yeah yeah, like a horror story you know normally you have like okay i have an hour and a half and then that's over you know like i have the release um yeah 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 where you don't get that as much in this uh, in a series if you're binging it, but you don't have to binge it either. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and I so like uh, I recently kind of almost in the exact opposite of that. I mm-hmm. I have been um, I have got some Hulu from a friend of mine. Yeah, sharing some Hulu, and I know that you pay for completely yourself. right? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. like we. No, I mean, I'm you know, like you get um, you know, however many share it. Yeah. Um, and so we we share an account. I mean, who cares? The screens are in different places. You know, like they, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the only, anyway, I'm not stealing anything. It's, it's, I wouldn't think so. No, no, no. Um, I I didn't steal when it was when it was cool to steal anyway. <laughs> just, just so you know, I was like, I should pay for this. Said, yeah, and so like even when I was in college, and I was like, oh, well, I'm not going to talk about that. But well, I mean, I will. I mean, yeah, it's like support the. Yeah, well, I mean, artists. it was like okay, so like. I can download this, you know, it's it's mm-hmm. 2000 and what, like, it's 2000. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, I can download this song for free in three seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, or I can walk somewhere and pay someone $20 and spend an hour and a half. I'm like, I mean, like, I yeah. will gladly pay you money for it. Mm-hmm. But this illegal service uh, offers, like, far better product than the entirety of the radio yeah. of like the, you know and, yeah. and, and eventually it changed right um but there there are some times when i'm like looking for like you know some some obscure films or foreign films mm-hmm. i'm like can i please buy this can i right. i have 10 bucks in my wallet mm-hmm. can i can Where, i buy can it from your website yeah, yeah. Oh, you don't have it can i buy it from your website oh you don't have it like what am i supposed to do i'm like mm-hmm. i can find it in three seconds you know yeah, please let me pay you for it <laughs> um but so i uh, got some hulu and i've been watching attack on titan season two mm-hmm we talked about Attack on Titan before. Mm-hmm. I really liked the first season. I was super excited to watch the second season. I yeah. learned very quickly um, that I like it subtitled. <laughs> um, I watched a dubbed one, and I and I was like, I, I mean, I, Eli and I talked about it. I was like, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think I watch it anymore. And Eli was like, Did like, you watch it with subtitles? And I was like, Oh no, yeah. I mean, just like uh, I just realized that, um, like, I recognize, you know, like the the emotional palette of the. Yeah. 
the Japanese voice actors, I recognize people's names. Oh, yeah. And, I, you know, and it's like, you know, there's like, Eden, you know, and his, and his yeah. <laughs> Mikasa. And, and, and mm-hmm. in, in the dub version, it's like, aren't you going to, his mom says something to him when they're kids, like, aren't you going to let Mikasa do something? I'm like, that is not her name. <laughs> That's totally I can't listen. Yeah, yeah. Like, did you, who, this is, nope, nope. <laughs> um, so watch it with subtitles. Um, and I'm probably, you know, I'm like, I'm probably halfway through. I mm-hmm. like, Every episode ends on a cliffhanger. Right. It's like thing about to fall on you, person right. about to explode, <laughs> blades about to come. I mean, so you want to keep going, yeah. Yeah. Um. It. Uh, it. Mm, it. I. I'm gonna watch it. Mm-hmm. Um. It is. It is still tantal. It is still dangling the same things in front of us mm. that it uh, did at the beginning of the first season. Because remember, mm-hmm. like you know, like the the the. For those some um, good twists, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, like so. I mean, but like our story happens because uh, a, a a gate breaks, you know, right. the thing, and mm-hmm. then the Titans flood in. I assume you all know what's going on because um, you've watched it or know about it. Uh, <laughs> and uh, but the, our main character, Aaron, like he leaves his house, but he has a key to this basement in his house that his father said that all the secrets are there, and you eventually learn mm-hmm. that that's where like there's deep secrets about Titans in there. Yeah. And so he's getting back. And we're still, like, all through season two, we are still, <laughs> like, you know, we're just trying to get there. And we do learn some more things. There was, there's some interesting, I, it's hard to describe. There's some, like, inter, there's some in, there's some twists. Mm-hmm. And some interesting narrative twists. And some of them are, like, super jarring. Mm-hmm. Like, someone, like, I don't totally want to, I'm not going to spoil it for Eli. Like there's some people just come out and say stuff like yeah, yeah. here's just like here's just like <laughs> total bombshell of information, no no prep, nothing, yeah. boom. Mm-hmm. You know, and and what's good though is like some of the characters are like, what are you talking about? What are you telling me? Like, yeah. what you know? Um, but the it it doesn't like the it doesn't hold up. I'm like, why mm-hmm. did you you know like they're um the I, I mean I. What it looks like, and I don't, I cannot say that this is the case, mm-hmm. is that um, like the there was a really clear arc and plan for the beginning of the series. Yeah. Um, and I and and some of it's present as we get into the second series, and and, and I and I don't know how much of it has been done in uh, you know like Japan, yeah, yeah graphic novel format or oh, whatever, yeah. you know, like somewhere else before. So I don't know about that. But like they're just stringing us along with mm. cliffhangers. Like, will yeah. this person die? Small what are they gonna do next? Are yeah. they gonna get there? And I'm like, yeah. I, I still want the same thing. What's in that basement? A larger arc, yeah. Yeah, and and, and they, they, there's like, there there are some, you know, I, don't know, I just it's I, immense. I, yeah. I mean, well, I say this about some of the things, but it there's some of the stuff is cool, but like it the it isn't executed well enough. Yeah. Like at one point, there's like a there's sort of a big attack of titans that they're a big. Uh, assault they're mm-hmm. dealing with and sort of part of their job is to like because we, we're now following sort of exclusively the scout regiment yeah um they go out and try to find a hole in the wall and they find that there's no hole hmm. so like they don't know where these titans came from and this is where i am in the story mm-hmm. and we're like yeah. we're about to like find out some stuff and mm-hmm. but there's like all these there's like a like you know a fisticuffs between some Titans, it takes like three episodes or something. Yeah. I'm like, just get it, just get along, get it yeah. done, you know, like move. And, and, and there's all these, and like there's a lot of flashbacks. I'm like, mm. cool, this is fine. But yeah. like, okay, it's a physical, like, you know, it's combat. It'll, it'll be resolved. What happens next? Yeah. Um, I do think that they, um, I mean, I, I love this, like the, you know, like grappling hook powered sky ninjas. Mm-hmm. 
Um, it's pretty cool, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, one of the one of the things I remember, I was just looking at some notes I took the other day about a, for a podcast we were gonna when we originally talked about Attack on Titan. Mm-hmm. Um, as I was cleaning my desk, you know, like when I was watching the show, like there are all these things that happen, and you don't get to see them with their ODM gear for a little bit. Which mm-hmm. is there, and then like, because the show is great, and then I remember I was like, show is great, like, and then there's Sky Ninjas, you know, like, because you know, there's this like, it, there's totally cool, totally story, totally sufficient, mm-hmm. and then they fly with right. like yeah, razor yeah. blade, you know, like, and, and it's like yeah. even awesomer, um, and so like as you enter that all these cool concepts of the world, mm-hmm. you you can't replicate that further along, I don't think, I mean, because mm-hmm. you know, there's not like they have giant sky mechs or you know right, or right, like yeah. what do you you know like how do you um you know yeah, we're, we're, you know like and i think that um i guess that i find it's i, I like it you know as i'm sort of brought into the world you know mm-hmm. even like in the walking dead like you know in rick grimes is a classic and also perfect sort of interlocutor for the whole thing because he yeah. he you know like he's discovering the world as we're discovering it too um and it, it's just so much harder i think for writers and maybe storytellers in general mm-hmm. to like once we're in a world um, to have more story to tell us, yeah, and and, and I and I guess what I see like in, in one of my favorite, we were just talking the other day about like Garth Nix's books, the mm-hmm. sort of the Sabriel trilogy is also yeah. called. Sabriel is a wonderful and a great book and a, and a perfect story. Yeah, and there's an arc that extends beyond that, but it's just, it just seems like that there's a lot of um, extra filler mm-hmm. in the middle that gets in the way of the the really good parts about the story mm-hmm. and, and and it seems like that's sort of where we are with attack on titan mm-hmm. season two and, yeah. and, and and i know there's a third season so i know there's a lot more to come mm-hmm. but i remember like when we um there was a, a live action version done in japan that came out in two ep two segments i two think segments, that you, yeah. you and i go to see we my friend west and there's this one scene in there where like they they're they're the characters go to this like room Mm-hmm. Where there's apparently technology, and it was like this place sort of separate and different from the rest of this world. And I'm like, mm-hmm. this is, it was like a sort of a special cache somewhere. Right. It was like utterly fascinating. Um, and like, and I, I like, I, I want to see behind the curtain. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's, and it's, it, they keep, there's like, they give you a, a, a couple steps closer in right. the middle of season two where they're like, you, you, you get to see. You know, again, like because like the, the colossal titan, and the armored titan are mm-hmm. faceless. They they can't be caught. No one is who they are. No one is what they're doing. Yeah. They appear to be working with the titans, but they appear to be different from them. Mm-hmm. It's not clear. You learn a little bit more. Like you get you get to hear sort of some of what you're pretty certain, right? Like what their on? motivations might be. You're not. I mean, like you're not entirely sure why that is, but you can, mm-hmm. what their intentions are, right? Um, and I'm like, cool. Give me the next thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like. Because they do that, and then it, and then it's like a whole bunch of like, you know, mediocre fighting. I'm like, don't you know? Like again, yeah. like this is cool, don't but stall, you, yeah. don't stall. Like right. you know, if your good points are good, don't stretch it out. And that, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a that's an advice I would say to all you. And, and, and I think it's one of the things like you know, there's a classic you know thing they always said about Dickens was like he got paid by the word or paid by the page or something. So like he always wrote more. Right. Um, which you know, and, and and he's credited with being you know one of the the the, the biggest um, utilizers of the cliffhanger in his serial writing as it was appearing in magazines yeah. at the time. You know, and so there's some element of the in the the delivery mechanism of the genre or, or of the piece of art that I think influences what it is. But I'm like, have respect for me, you know, like because again, like the first season, it just it's one of those things. That it, it looks like and feels like a, like a first novel. It just is chocked full of right. all these ideas and 
and and the way in which the story is revealed makes sense. You're not mm-hmm. you, like you're not stalling. They're, they're not stalling us at all. Right. There's just more interesting things to come encounter. You know, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and you know, and it's like, and so I think some of its genius is in the restraint. Like it takes us, you know. What, three quarters of the season before we get to even encounter the scout regiment when you're like right. oh my god these people go outside the wall you know like i mean in the way we navigate the genre um or sort of navigate this world which they have built um but they just feel like there's a lot of stalling in season two and it feels like i it's like when i something i complain about Battlestar galactica like after mm-hmm. season three or whatever and i'm like just tell me who the three freaking silence yeah. are you know like I'm, i don't want to google it but just like it come on yeah. um so i just hope that uh and, and i also have hope kind of the way that I with um, Castlevania that like whatever the ending is whenever we see behind the curtain in mm-hmm. Attack on Titan that that will be something that is um, powerful and relevant because I mean like the just I mean the, the concept of the, the the Titans and who they are and, and again like as we learned in the first season like they eat people but they don't need them for sustenance right you know like they're like yeah. they're you know, and, and like that's that's a cool interesting metaphor about our modern world you know like mm-hmm. all this all this stuff and so I hope that um Whatever, when we get to find out what is really going on, um, mm. it still has that same sort of resonance that was in the first season. Yeah, I hope that of uh, the Dragon Prince, which we yeah about, yeah yeah, because that feels like that first season is like, oh wow, there's this whole other world out there that yeah. we haven't even ran into yet. Yeah, um, come across. Hopefully, they explore that well. Yeah, I mean, I have a lot of faith. I mean, yeah. they they made. I mean, Avatar: The Last Airbender right. is. Fabu, Cora right. is Fabu. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't have any doubts that it will be yeah, good. Yeah, we'll explore it well. Yeah, nice. Um, I think we're gonna wrap it up there. Yeah, wrap it up. Um, we've talked a lot about uh, the dark things this time yeah. in the world, uh, dark humanity and evil and things, blood and guts. yeah, blood and guts and gory things. So uh, yes, that is our follow-up to Halloween to kind of wrap things up. Yeah, we got some good things in store, some good interview coming up We do, yeah, yeah. Um, Exciting things on tap. Yeah, yeah. So uh, keep listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Mm -hmm.